What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. And I'm Miguel. And very, very special show tonight. Honestly, lots going on this week. Um, tonight, we have Mr. Steve Merlo on the show to talk uh, The Sawyer Massacre, which is his unofficial prequel to Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Super stoked about that. That film looks absolutely incredible. We were both blown away by the trailer. Uh, and we're also going to talk, you know, his his filmmaking career. We're going to talk uh, his filmography and just horror in general. And Steve's a great guy, so we're excited to kind of dive into this with him. Um, Miguel, buddy, how you doing in this uh, super busy week of the, our first Oktoberfest? I know, right? We're in our first Oktoberfest, and I'm all sorts of excited. So I'm ready to get this ball rolling. I'm ready to talk all things horror. And I'm ready Absolutely. to talk about this uh, sweaty atmosphere that we call Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, uh. sweaty atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, man, that's uh, that's one way to describe it. So, uh, guys, let's not waste any more time doing this. He is the writer, director, and producer of the Sawyer Massacre, the unofficial prequel to Toby Hooper's 1974 classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's an avid horror fan, and we are so so grateful to have him on the show tonight. Please give a warm Let's Talk Movies welcome to Mr. Steve Merlo. How's it going, my man? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. We are doing really well. Super, super stoked um, to have you here uh, in the midst of the fall season or kind of like what we were just talking about before the show, like the the start of that fall season. Things are getting cooler. Um, and as all the, the spooky season festivities begin. So we're, we're super stoked to have you, man. So glad you're here. Happy to be here. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, does, the film releases this month, doesn't it? Like later on this, or uh, not, in October. Not October, October. I'm see, I'm already in that. We're only days away October. from it, so I mean, yeah, it's so darn October, right? Yeah, yeah. It releases in less than a month from now. I can tell yeah. you that much. <laughs> it's That's October awesome, 21st. dude. That's awesome. How does that feel after what I got? I'm guessing a couple years of hard work going into that yeah i mean really honestly it's been about three years of hard work if i really go back even a little little bit more than that when Mm -hmm. i was you know uh, fine-tuning the script even um because but we originally did our first bit of filming our our first uh our film uh, trailer uh that we shot here in western canada we did our first one in in uh the fall of 2019 so three years ago Mm -hmm. we shot that didn't release it until i i mean i was I was very picky with it. I was kept going over stuff and we yeah. didn't release it until August of 2020. Um, and that's when we started crowdfunding basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it took a while before we actually released that trailer. And then we released another teaser trailer. We actually shot some footage down in Texas uh, with that um, just to, you know, show some authenticity. And yeah, I wasn't there in Texas. Actually, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, mm-hmm. right. And borders uh, closed. So and... <laughs> yeah, I directed everything over video chat, you know, so nice. But, uh, everybody nice. loved that. Everybody loved that uh, teaser trailer. So, oh, yeah, that's basically what kind of propelled us to uh, to get this thing made in yeah. Texas was that teaser trailer. So very thankful. Thankful. About that's that. awesome. I, I will say if COVID did anything, I think it kind of made everybody reevaluate the way that they do things like for their profession (laughs) for like life in general it's just it's very weird um but again really busy uh busy exciting time for you man you've got your youtube channel too um plus all that encompasses like the release of the movie so um it's also just a busy time to be a horror fan 
You know what no I mean? Kidding. Like there's there's so much going on. I mean, Halloween ends is only three weeks away, which is like hard to believe. Uh, the new the new Hellraiser, Hellraiser film, which that trailer just dropped, which looks incredible. Um, I mean, you've got, you know, Smile and Barbarian and a bunch of those other films out there too, Terrifier too. Like it's just, it's a really busy time. Even just, Miguel, I don't even, haven't even had a chance to talk to you about this. Um, I think the final Halloween Ends trailer is supposed to drop tomorrow, like tomorrow evening. Ooh. So Yeah, I could have sworn I saw... Yeah, I, I, the other night when I was watching a movie with my girlfriend, she, we, we were, we caught like another, uh, um, another trailer of Halloween Ends, and I was like, "Ooh, I haven't seen this one." So I either, either I've only seen it once and I don't remember, or like it was just a new trailer. But yeah, I, I caught a glimpse of it, and you know, I'm really glad with the marketing they're doing with it, just keeping it close knit and uh, tight to the chest, and letting you know what's what could happen, what any possibilities could happen in this movie. Yeah. So that got me all more excited about it. And another thing I wanted to like talk to you guys about is uh, in regards to marketing, like, have you guys uh, checked out the new, uh, like the, the movie smile? Have you checked out their marketing campaign that they're doing for that movie? I have um, myself. I, th- I think so, I've only seen the, the trailer in the theater. Like we, I don't know. Was it when we went and saw Nope? Maybe. Yeah. I think that's yeah, the only was. thing I've really seen of it. Mm-hmm. So, so I've never even seen Nope. So <laughs> you haven't seen Nope. It was good. Check it out, man. It was really. I'm good. so behind on on all all this stuff. I, I mean, I haven't seen Barbarian yet, and I keep. I haven't either. Don't see it, Pearl. I haven't. I haven't seen so many of these newer films because they've yeah. just been so <clears throat> busy. Yeah, I was going to say being busy director. <laughs> I believe it. I did see X though. The yeah, see, the first one. I didn't see X, I, and I heard good things about it. I just I didn't get a chance to get around to see it. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. You know I, want to check I, it out. I thought it was okay. I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. I, I did see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre influence that everybody was talking mm-hmm. about. There were yeah. a couple of shots that were almost copycat shots, right, from the original, right. and I've that's cool that. and all. That's you know, it's but at the same time, I didn't. Uh, I don't know. It was it was okay. I didn't love it. I wanted to love it, and I I always want to love these new newer films and. Right. I very rarely do. I very rarely do, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> nope was good. No, just, I don't know. There's something about <clears throat> Jordan Peele's films. Like, I don't know. Did you see Us and Get Out? I did. I, I actually liked Get Out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't find it scary, but I liked the concept of it. I, I right. like, you know, it's kind of, a, I like the twist, I guess you would say. Yeah. Us, I had a hard time with. I had a really hard time with that movie. Uh, yeah, I probably missed some stuff. I don't know. There was, I guess, there was some sort of complexities they were going for that I just right. wasn't quite getting. But and uh, I think that's something. Uh, sorry, I think that's something Jordan Peele is always trying to do. Is just his his way of directing is just way too complex for a lot for a lot of people. My, me myself, so a lot of that thing just flies over my head. I don't know if you if you if you're experiencing the same thing. Probably, I don't. Yeah, I mean, again, get out. I got, I totally got that, but uh, right. us was a little bit, a little bit out there for me. So I, I don't know what to expect with Nope. Um, mm-hmm. It, how do I put it? I, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it, I like his films always has to have that like, that like gotcha. You know what I mean? Like this is mm-hmm. not at anything what you thought it was at the end of it, and like the thing that happens at the end, he and I were sitting in the theater and we were like, what the hell? Like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like a weird, 
it's always got to have that gotcha moment of just like something strange that goes on right at the tail end. Um, yeah. But it was good. Honestly, Nope, I think is my favorite of Jordan Peele's flicks. Okay. So well, far. Then I so check it out. <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I would say, you... uh, sorry, I was going to say, no, uh, get, get out was probably my first and then Nope second. And then us third. I agree. Like us is just way too, uh, <laughs> I felt muddled by, by the end of the movie. I totally didn't understand. Like, what's to come or what happened with the gotcha moment and all that. But um, yeah, with uh, Nope, again, if you wanted to check out Nope, it's just another like conceptual piece. And there's like, it gives you, it's the, the type of fear that he offers in that movie is very different mm-hmm. from the type of like uh, horror that you would expect, I guess. Like he really just does his own right. type of subgenre of horror, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how I would rank them. So sorry, Brad. No, you're good. Um, real quick, Steve, are you, are you a Halloween fan? I know you're. I know you're a Texas Chainsaw fan, but it's a love hate thing with Halloween. I love the first four Halloween movies, and then the rest of them are like, yeah, I could take them or leave them. Yeah, and some of them I I would just I leave that. because <laughs> yeah, you know. See, I'm, uh, but I I'm... do love. I love all the first four. I love the first four, and even Halloween three. A lot of people still hate Halloween three. I love Halloween three. Yeah, it's I great. think it's a it's it's a great halloween movie if you yeah look at it as a halloween movie and not a michael myers movie like Mm -hmm. people are you know insistent on doing unfortunately and will be until the end of time probably yep but uh but yeah i I really like i really love the first four but the first one is is still my favorite though yeah uh, (laughs) yeah i think the og is everybody's favorite um do, do you like the what they've part. done with the, the Blumhouse trilogy stuff? <sighs> I like aspects. I really like I really love James Jude Courtney as Michael Myers. I think oh, I think it's kind of a yeah. shame though that yeah. he's in kind of sloppily written scripts. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they are kind of I mean, I hope I, I have hope for the new one. Mm-hmm. You guys mentioned the marketing for this one. The marketing seems like we've got something here. Yeah, something mm-hmm. to be invested in. Um, but you know, the first Halloween 2018, it was kind of, eh, not a lot of suspense. Uh, you know, that kind of, it was just very, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Yeah. And then Halloween like Kills was kind of the same and, but eh, it was mm. a, I don't know. There was a couple yeah. more suspenseful moments in, in kills. I thought, but it was just so over the top with the kills. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just right. too, it felt too much. We were seeing mm-hmm. too much. Of Michael yeah. Myers do these kills to me. Yeah. Um, so you like you know, the it's new stalking Michael, right? Like the stalking, oh, yeah. like deep in the shadows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree I'm with that as well. That. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've gathered with the uh, Halloween kills and people that have like uh, controversial takes on it and different takes on it is because they like you pretty much just threw Michael Myers just right into the open, and even though it's in the dark, you see him full front, and people are trying to catch him, kind of like a wild beast. And that's not really what Michael Myers is all about. He's all about hiding in the shadows. There's that one scene uh, when uh, I think Karen takes a mask and Michael is chasing after Karen and he's just walking through the house in the shadows. And that's that's like the only scene that I, I can say is probably one of the most uh, uh, ominous uh, view of what he is known as the shape. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that one scene right there is about all we get in regards to like the stealthy Michael or just walking through the shadows kind 
of saying instead yeah. of like you know uh world war michael i guess you could say for Holland kill <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well i don't know i and we're 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 not, we're not going to talk about halloween the whole time i <laughs> my biggest issue with kills though was like like i was kind of in your camp steve where it's like 2018 i walked out and i was like okay like it it wasn't bad i mean it wasn't a bad movie yeah. but it also didn't like blow me away either um but kills like some of the dialogue and kills is what got me and it's not even necessarily the evil yeah. dies tonight stuff it's just like some of the things that were said i'm like really like that's really something that you would have said in a in a really tense serious moment where people are scared and freak you know what i mean it just it was strange so um so real quick before we talk uh about you and the sawyer massacre let's go over the chat rosalia uh, what's up, Rosalia? She says, hello, Steve. Congrats on your film. How exciting. Can't wait to see it. Oh, thank Can't you either. so much. Uh, the horror world is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's jealous of that. We want to see it, too. Um, <laughs> horror world says, hey, Brad, there's a trailer for a TV show coming out to HBO Max called The Last of Us. I saw that. It looks absolutely insane. If you've uh, have, you, have you played The Last of Us, Steve? I have not. Ooh, it's it's such a great um it's 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 a zombie game but it's the storyline to it is just so tragic and so well written it's it's incredible and they're doing a um an hbo max uh like live action adaptation of it it's really great oh cool uh jay dead's here what's going on buddy he says hey yo guy uh hey yo guys and chatters what's going on buddy so steve let me ask you this My, my first question to you um is why the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Like, what does that film mean to you? What captivates you about that story and those characters? Like, what kind of drove you to 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 the Sawyer Massacre and to into wanting to tell this story? Ooh, I'll have to take you back with me a long ways in time, <laughs> uh, but all the way back yes, to two thousand three, all the way back to two thousand three. And I've told this many times on many many podcasts and whatnot. But uh, uh, in two thousand three, that's when the remake. Uh, came mm. out and i was already a pretty big texas chainsaw massacre fan at that point mm-hmm. I was, but again you know i i knew that the series had a bunch of not so good sequels and uh back in 2003 we didn't really have i never had the internet or a computer or anything and all we had were these short little 30 second tv spots that would come on tv and when that first tv spot for texas chainsaw massacre uh, remake came on i was like oh my god this looks awesome yeah it, it looked awesome this 30 second tv spot looked great it had john larroquette's narration i was like yes i'm in this is gonna be better than the original i thought to myself being a young 23 year old guy at the time and thinking oh my god they outdid the original gotta go see it i was first in line to see that movie and i gotta admit when the movie starts it's like whoa this is pretty Freak, they, yeah. they really stepped it up with all that police mm-hmm. footage and everything that was happening yeah. and it just got my expectations so high that when we got into the real meat of the film i, I couldn't help but be let down uh because there was so much there was so much good about it and there was so much not so good about it at the same time it just made me want to it just got my creative my creative mind uh thinking even though i had never worked in film at that point i was a struggling musician i wasn't even playing music professionally at that point i was struggling uh but a year later i actually started making a living in music but uh 
but yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was working in a bakery at that time. I was a baker, you know? And, uh, so I hadn't even, you know, gone anywhere as an artist at that point. So it kind of just sat in my brain for a little bit. And I just, you know, started just thinking of what I would actually do if I was to do a text chainsaw massacre film. And eventually I had a bit of a story. And then from that story, you know, I, I tried my hand at screenwriting. I had to learn the formatting and all that kind of stuff. And eventually I had a, a script that uh, I don't think it was a very good script at that time, but you know, uh, we're talking at least 10 years ago now at this point. Um, but you know, enough uh, encouragement, uh, was there yeah. that I should, you know, try to get it made and, and nobody wanted to make it for me. So it was like, Steve, don't you try directing? And, you know, it just kind of jumped into the whole thing. That's awesome. And I made my first Texas Chainsaw Master fan film about, yeah, nearly 10 years ago. It is terrible. <laughs> it's <laughs> not good at all. Uh, but it's where things kind of started with my film career. And uh, it's been going ever since. And it's just, yeah. I think, I like to think that I've improved with every, every project I've done. And I yeah. think I have, I think I have, that, I, awesome. I find I learn from every project I do. And, uh, it's, it's weird for me to think that I could have, that I've become a filmmaker when music was always sort of my first passion. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, now music has kind of taken a back seat. Although I do, comp- I do compose a lot of the scores to my films and other people's films as well. Yeah, I've so. seen that. That's really cool. I'm a um, I'm I'm a music teacher, which I, I teach in a public school. But oh, awesome! Um, so that I was I was thought that was really cool to to look at your. I listened to some of your music uh, online today. It's really good, man. Oh, did you? I like it? Yeah, Is, I did. did you I, find any of it online? <laughs> Probably my old, yeah. old recordings that aren't very good. I have <laughs> I do have some newer stuff. I've been trying to get out there, but just I'm picky. I won't. I don't want to release it until it's like perfect. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned your first TCM fan film. Was that I used to be a music teacher as well? Oh, really? That's awesome, dude. Really How long cool. were you yeah, teaching? Music? A, I actually owned my own. I owned my own music school. Actually, it was a it was a rock school. Actually, wearing the old T shirt for the old logo on it and everything. That's a rock awesome! School. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I never was a fan of this logo. We actually changed the logo. I remember, but uh, I still have a bunch of these shirts, and they they fit me so. We just—I don't know. Yeah. I still wear them, but uh, yeah, was so music, cool, I did the music school for about—I I, want to say eight years. It was about eight years before I finally kind of shut it down after my daughter was born. It was mm. just getting too much to run it, and yeah. wasn't really that profitable. The business aspect is right, pretty tough sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, usually anything- that. Anything with music, business-wise, is you know it's it's tough. I was talking to somebody the other day about um, you know they were they were telling me that they were a they were a trumpet player they in Tennessee I believe, and uh, you know they were playing trumpet and there was some guy they knew they were playing in you know some symphony orchestra and in Tennessee and he was like you know if these guys who are legit can't make it he was like I don't know how I'm ever gonna you know what I mean so he was like then yeah. the career change happened stuff like that so so it's uh it's definitely uh it's a tough one man but you you seem like you've done really well in it so that's awesome I've done okay I've it's really good okay. to see <laughs> um so you had mentioned your first TCM fan film was that first annual barbecue yes it was okay okay I watched <laughs> it's on it my 
Yeah, well, I was looking at your IMDb and I saw that on there and I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, I didn't know this existed. So I, <laughs> I found it on YouTube and I was like, this is cool. I liked it. It was. Uh, I think you, was, the, uh, you probably watched like the short, short version of it, like the 10 minute version. Oh, yeah. That I think that's yeah. the only one on YouTube. There is, is there a, a longer there version? There is a 30 minute. I actually found it. I'm going to put it on YouTube eventually. I'm oh, not wow. putting it on quite yet because I want I want uh, the Sorry Massacre to right. drop first. Because there right. are a couple of little similarities, um, so I don't want to feel like I'm spoiling the Sawyer Massacre with uh, with the first Daniel Barbecue. But I will release it because I did find it on a USB stick. I had a million <laughs> USB sticks lying around. And was looking through them one day. Hey, there's the Sawyer Massacre. So the uh, the full version is around thirty minutes. That's cool. So is the Sawyer Massacre a like a an expanded? version of what that story was first annual barbecue was almost a first draft it was it was okay. like the first draft of the script it was the first script i ever wrote and i knew when i was going to when it came down to making it that i wasn't going to be able to afford to shoot the entire thing yeah so i had to find a way to cut a lot out and i think we cut you know it was something like a 98 page script it was a really long script mm. And I cut it down to 20 pages, so 22 pages or something like that. Wow. Uh, and so the version you, that that uh, that I have is about 30 minutes long. So, um, so I'm, I mean, it really, it kind of feels like a bit of a mess still, even even at that 30 minute version. Mm-hmm. Uh, the version you would have seen probably seems like nothing. Pretty. I mean, it's really just an event, and it's. You know, it's something happens. Uh, it's not really a story. You know, it, you right. know that's that's the thing. You know, you can't you when you have when you try to turn a ninety-eight page uh, script into into yeah. five or six, seven pages. You know, it's just a, it doesn't really quite uh, translate trans- translate yeah. well. You know. Yeah. Well, the the cool thing about it though is like, you know, even that little ten-minute clip, like you can you can tell though that like a lot of the elements are there. Like once they get into the house and like the leather face stuff, like that, that stuff is on point with what the original would have been. You know what I mean? So like, I, you know, that's why I say like, I I enjoyed those aspects of it, even seeing it in that, which uh, especially like looking at the, the budget that you had for the Sawyer massacre and looking at like, you know, the fact that this is going to be a bigger version of that. Like I, I'm really, really excited to see, um, like the especially the Leatherface stuff and to see how that's handled because <laughs> I'm you know you were talking about the 2003 remake which I'm actually a, a pretty big fan of the 2003 Most remake I mean it, I'm a little I'm just a little hard on it because they're, they're because right. it did so many things so well but it all but yeah it gets brought down be, by these other elements and it would take me a while to get into it but it, it, you know yeah. it's it's certain things like the time period doesn't really feel like time period for me mostly I because agree with that of the dialogue that the youngsters are, are, are speaking and the clothes, a lot of them are wearing too. Mm-hmm. just really, they feel kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it doesn't feel authentic, I guess you would yeah. say. So, you know, it I doesn't feel that. authentic. Yeah. So that, I think those are some of my biggest gripes. I actually don't really like the way Leatherface looks either in it. Really? Uh, I was going to ask that, how you felt about Leatherface. Yeah. Uh, Leatherface in the remake. Here's my problem with Leatherface in the remake. I don't really care for the mask, I, although I could be okay with the mask. It's mm-hmm. the rest of the costume. 
He's in Texas in the middle of summer. Yeah. And he's got layers yeah, yeah. and layers and layers of clothes that make him look like he's more of a monster rather than a real yeah. human being. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the biggest thing that separates the original from from that movie is when, when Leatherface comes on screen for the first time in the original, he looks like a real person. He lo- he he looks like somebody yes. you're going to meet in Texas. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, and somebody you don't want to want to meet in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can believe it though, right? You yeah. see it like this guy, this guy's real. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. I never got that feeling with uh, the 2003 remake version of Leatherface. Just he almost uh, seems too, like a final boss if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. Well, and, and you're right about it. Like he's got like it's all and it's like leather, like it's like thick leather stuff that he's got like like even the black, like the the gloves that kind of go up his arm and like yeah. all of the latches on the, the you know too over the top. It was just it too is. over the top. They did a better job in the beginning, although that movie suffers from a lot of Yeah. It, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I, I whole, there's more problems with the beginning i think for sure but uh yeah um but uh i think they they got a better leather face look in that in that film but uh yeah i think that's one of the issues i have um another one i mean it's this is a small issue but it still it still is an issue it's the fact that Leatherface isn't the scariest person in the f- film arlie ermy is oh uh, he yeah he's a show man. in that movie oh yeah it's almost he's almost too good you know so it's kind of a love hate right. thing there because i love his performance but i want leatherface to be the scariest factor in the it's, film it's, it's almost like his character is uh arnie herman's character is like he, he's almost the main villain of the entire thing you know what i mean and it's like leatherface is yeah. kind of his like his uh henchman kind of deal you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. kind of how it presents it in that film wasn't um, yeah. isn't that usually how uh Texas Chainsaw like the the original was supposed kind of was because like kind of yeah, um, yeah Leatherface yeah. was kind of like you know just a henchman like you know kind of like a like a poor dog trying to like please its owner or its family quote unquote so like you, I kind of I kind of feel like he was always kind of like the henchman he was always like that rabid dog that like if it breaks out of his leash man you better find like a fence to jump over because he's gonna get you or something like that yeah. I think for me, no offense to Drayton or the the hitchhiker, but like, I almost I liked the 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 dad character in the remake better than I liked it. You know what I mean? Like he his character had more, I think, to like to grab onto in the remake versus the other. You know, we because we don't really learn like, and you might disagree with me on this, but like I feel like in the original TCM, we don't necessarily learn very much about them personally. Like you learn what they're doing, obviously. But like as people and the way they, well, we do get a glimpse of the way that they live. But you know what I'm trying to say. Like we learn more about the the reasoning. Like especially even in the beginning when he's like, you know, he gives the whole, you know, nobody will ever mess with us again speech and all that stuff at the dinner table. And like I don't know, we it they just they handled it a little bit differently with like how much they dove into the family aspect in the in the 2003. I, I agree. I think my th- my personal thing with that though is that i'd rather not know i'd rather right leave something up to the imagination i feel like you did get enough interpretation you had you had the hitchhiker saying about how the the you know they got put out of jobs yep. basically 
with the mm-hmm. new technology and it, it was really a statement it was really a statement about how technology is changing the world and yeah and uh you know not necessarily in a good way um so i mean i kind of i kind of prefer that i kind of prefer not knowing their names you know it's, it's right i i don't necessarily like knowing their names it's uh it's ambiguity it just makes them more mysterious and it makes me fear them more you know yeah if i know who's if if i know who's coming after me there's an element of well i could probably uh you know report this person to the you know but if i don't don't know who the hell's stalking me right if if, when you don't you know you're being stalked but you don't know who it's by and you can't call the police saying uh somebody's stalking me right it's that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. i think that's why i like it better in the original you just these are these crazy people and who the hell are they what do they want and the the reveal of the cannibalism was so perfectly done you could never Mm -hmm. you could never do something like that again yeah Yeah, i mean you you get the hints you know you have sally at the at the when she's finally kind of escaped from leatherface and she's just hysterically a mess and she's looking at that barbecue that's cooking in the <laughs> yeah. you know it's in the oven and it's, it's nothing said that this is human flesh but you get that sense oh yeah that this must be but then well, it's it's confirmed when grandpa's sucking her finger you know yeah. it's yeah yeah well and even that's insane even with the hints like it's still at the moment like that even came to mind when she's strapped to the table and he's sucking on her finger and they're he's trying like they're trying to get grandpa to hit her in the head or whatever at the end mm-hmm. like it's almost still just as shocking when you realize it's like holy crap they're re- like this is they're really doing this that you know really what i mean it's like yeah. it confirms your worst fear but mm-hmm. you know anyway all of that to say i'm really excited what you're going to do with the leatherface character <laughs> <laughs> and how you're going to treat that um well, all because... i can say is i tried to be as true to the character to the original intent of the character as i possibly could i right. do think we could have executed some things a little better uh for sure we could have uh some of it you know was beyond our control mm-hmm. um you know, like we had an, an SFX artist that bailed on us a month before oh. filming. And it was like, when are you going to get these masks done? We barely got the masks done in time. But wow. part of me feels like they're they're kind of rushed and they still look pretty cool. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, there's something I needed with those masks. And it's like, uh, does it come through? Does it come through? And I'm probably going to have to like do a whole explanation video or something on, on the mm-hmm. Leatherface masks. Because there's four of them in our film. There's wow. four of them. We, I really, I really, uh, you know, like the original where he's wearing the different masks to, to uh, put on a different personality. Yes. You know, to, I, I, I love that aspect. And no, none of the other films ever acknowledge that. At least yeah. not to my knowledge. I mean, I don't really see it in any of the other films. Well, I guess I Next Generation so. kind of does. Next Ugh. Generation kind of does, but it's, <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's yeah. just so bizarre that I just yeah. I, well, let's forget about that. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I was gonna say. And Miguel, you can even chime in on this too. But like, I feel like none of the other films have ever really captured what like the the essence of you know. And I know there's other characters too, like you know the 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 you know uh, Drayton's character and the Hitchcock. Like I, I know that there are other there are aspects of those characters that are important too, but Leatherface is such an interesting character because 
he is this, you know, hideous human being that's doing these awful things. But like, even at the end when they're kind of yelling at him and stuff and what you had just mentioned with the different personalities, there's a piece of you that almost kind of feels bad for him, which is really weird to say. I've always felt that way. Like (laughs) they, they treat him like crap. You know what I mean? And I I don't know you, do you just, do you agree with that or? Oh, Oh, I do. I mean, he's definitely in the original. He's definitely got a lot of fear in him. Uh-huh. He he definitely fears his his brother, his older brother, I guess. I, yeah, they, it, it's never been fully confirmed that that uh, Drayton is his brother, but right. I mean, most of the st- the stuff I see says that they are brothers. But yeah, um, so I mean, he's definitely he's definitely been conditioned to do what his family has essentially told him to do. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, that's all he knows. And yes, he. Is he still guilty? A guilty person yet for doing of, what he's doing? Of yes, course. of course he is. He is. He's. Right. I mean, he's a. But at the same time, you know, you you can kind of sympathize a little mm-hmm. bit with him because, you know, he he never really had a choice. Yeah. Um. But you know, you could definitely you could definitely tell watching the original. He, even you know, that's one thing I really picked up on is that he really loves his grandpa, mm-hmm. and grandpa mm-hmm. was the best killer here there there ever yeah, was. Right. Yeah. And uh, I I really tried to focus on that relationship in this film. That's cool. That's so awesome. You're gonna definitely see a, a cool Leatherface Grandpa relationship. I think in this That's film. That's awesome. We didn't uh, we didn't get any uh, John Dugan in there, did we? <laughs> uh, we did. You know, we did we did get John Dugan for our first two uh, Indiegogo teasers? Because really? we hmm. had to do the voiceover of Grandpa because Grandpa talks in our film uh-huh it's in you know it's set eight years before oh, so wow so that was one of the first things i ever did back in 2019 was, was approach john dugan and say hey if i give you a few bucks would you would you do it would you say a few lines for me that you know for pro- promotional purposes and you know i think that was definitely something that did did help us too i think people thought hey john oh, yeah. dugan was on board to do this uh, he would have been on board to actually be in the film um yeah if it wasn't for a personal reason and that personal reason is, I, I mean, I think I can say, I don't think he's, he's going to mind if I say, but it is basically because Kim Henkel is his brother-in-law and, you know, he doesn't want to offend him in any way. Kim Henkel has been very nice to, to uh, John over the years. And by being in a fan film that might, you know, that might right. dampen right. their right. relationship. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of wish I that Kim Henkel would see our film, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. maybe he will. So he probably will at some point. He'll probably see our film at some point. But uh, yeah, you know, I would have um, loved to have John Dugan in it, but we yeah, got a that, pretty damn good grandpa. Nonetheless, I would say that's cool. That's really cool, man. And that is an interesting relationship. Their whole their whole family dynamic is very interesting. And it's something that like I even li- li- I'm going to be honest with you. You might you might leave the show after I say this. I'm going to be completely <laughs> Uh, honest with you but i actually out of all of the sequels and we're just kind of on my mind since we've been talking the sequels and the remake and things like that but i'm actually not completely opposed to what they did with texas chainsaw 3d it's it has i know see it's about to leave it's gonna happen no i'm not gonna leave but (laughs) like there were it's it's not great it's not by any means i don't think uh, a great horror sequel but there were elements to that like at the beginning seeing what happened with the family that kind of 
it felt at least a little bit not necessarily what they did with the granddaughter and all that stuff but like it felt a little bit at least it felt that opening uh flashback scene was at least i feel like it felt more like the original film than what some of the other sequels did if that makes sense the opening scene, sure. I mean, there's still I still have some issues with that opening scene I, as right. well. Right, I do as well. I think I think it was I think the opening scene felt like it was written the way it should be. I think what I don't like about it is actually some of the uh, production choices, like the way that Leatherface looked, the way uh-huh. Grandpa looked. You know, they didn't really do they didn't make yeah. Grandpa look like you have John Dugan still doing it, and I'm like trying to look at that grandpa compared to the grandpa in the original, it looked nothing alike. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what the hell they did with the leather face mask in that scene. Yeah. It and, just and looks it's so wonky. That I've movie cosplayers like do way better jobs, you know? Yeah. That but, movie uh, is not perfect by any means. I just, there, there were, oh, there are elements to it that I, <laughs> <laughs> to be, you know, every, right? everybody seems the majority of people that hate that movie, and I am one of them. I don't like the movie. I saw it in theaters and I felt like I did too. I honestly, I, I felt dirty for spending money on that movie. I, like, <laughs> I did. I walked out like, I'm a, I'm a, I said to myself, I'm a total prick for watching this because I knew it was going to be bad from watching the trailers. But I went and watched it anyways. But I said, never again. I'm never am I going to do that again. Watch a movie, watch a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film in theaters just because it's yeah, a Texas Chainsaw it's... Massacre film. Right. But anyways, it, you know, most of the people that do hate that film is because of the timeline thing, which honestly, yeah, that's the, sure it's an issue. You can bring it up. But at the same time, is that really the worst thing about that film? <laughs> How about the dialogue? There's plenty more. Yeah, there's plenty more How to about talk about. Do your thing, cuz. <laughs> How about some of that acting? You know, it's just like. The guys, the black guys, like, uh, did you hit it? <laughs> did you hit it? And she's like, I don't know. And then again, <laughs> did you hit it? <laughs> I don't know. You know. I thought that that was just ridiculous. Yeah. And some of the plot stuff, like that was going on, I was like, why would they do this? You know, they picked up that yeah. hitchhiker that they've never met before. Very shady guy, pretty much right off the bat. And then they get to this mansion and they leave the hitchhiker guy to, to roam the mansion by himself while they go out and cruise the town. So yeah. why would you leave this this guy you've never met I get in a, it. a mansion full of probably tons of priceless stuff, you know, and it's just the, the common sense just, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm shaking my head at at stuff like that. You know, it just common sense is hard to find in horror movies. Say that much. <laughs> there's a lot of choices made in horror movies. Hey, you know, there's probably a little, a few little things in our film too that you. Know, oh yeah, they probably should have done this instead of the, You know, <laughs> I don't think it's quite that bad though. But you know, I mean, it does have. I mean, it's hard to yeah. avoid every little cliche, right? You mm-hmm. know, but you know, it's our film's not perfect. But our film was only made on a fraction of the budget that that film was. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like even I will, and again, might be super, super controversial to you and anybody who's listening to this. I, I, if I had to pick right now, like gun to my head, I have to pick 
between Texas Chainsaw 3D and Texas Chainsaw Massacre that we got last year, I honestly think I might pick 3D. I really do. You know, I've I was, heard a lot of people say that. I was not um, a fan of the Fede Alvarez produced uh, produced film. I, I just I hated the way he looked in that film. And you're talking about 2022, I didn't mind the right? Way he looked. I actually didn't mind the way he looked. Uh, uh, I didn't like it. I don't um, know what it was. Yeah. I didn't it was like the thing. I didn't like the hair on the mask. I think the mask face itself looked kind of creepy, but the hair was like a skullet thing. Yeah, I think that's the thing I disliked the most on it was the hair. Um, but I thought, you know, this looks this kind of reminds me of Leatherface though. So, um, I think yeah, I, mean, I kind of like, did. I didn't like the like new one hair. either, but uh, but I think. For me, I guess I could. It was a movie I could kind of turn my brain off a little bit and just watch. Right, knowing yeah. that there's a lot of terrible stuff. The shorter runtime, I think, helps it in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like kind of just have fun cool. with some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the, yeah the, exactly. the gore and stuff was cool. I just, yeah. it didn't. And I guess, I guess this is kind of hypocritical because, I, again, I'm not in love with 3D. I'm not saying I'm. It's like my favorite. You know what I mean? Film in the franchise, but. I, I don't know. I largely felt like this newest one just didn't, it didn't feel Texas Chains like other than Leatherface. It just didn't have, I didn't feel like it was connected. You know, it didn't feel I, like. I, I can, I can definitely agree with that. And, and they know, marketed hey, man, that. I, yeah. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. You continue. <laughs> they, they, they marketed that film as like, Oh, we're going back to the roots. It's going to be like the OG. It's, and I was just like, really? You know, like halfway through, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, this doesn't crap, feel right? anything like the mm-hmm. original at all, you yeah. know. Like you kind of I mean, end up I... like rude for uh for him, for uh for Leatherface for the duration of the film. Like as soon as as soon as uh as soon as the uh, his mother or or caretaker died, like you almost kind of rooted for Leatherface just to tear up the entire town, and that kind of yeah. like does away with like the horror aspect of it because it's like why am I rooting for this uh this serial killer because like you have all these gentrifying people like trying to like renew the yeah. town like the whole storyline like throughout the 2022 uh texas chainsaw massacre just i don't know it didn't hit the mark for me as well it, it wasn't mm-hmm. like the group of kids that just come up on this uh uh house or come up to this uh location and all of a sudden they're hunted by leatherface it's just like oh you're gonna take away leatherface's uh like uh habitat or place that he lives his home and now Leatherface is like the hero of of the movie at this point, but that's kind of where that's kind of where I felt. So I kind of like there was no sense of like horror in this in this movie. It was just like here's None. a bunch of gore <laughs> against all these uh, teenagers, yeah. and it was yeah, just have a, at it. A silly fun kind of thing, you know. If you if you went into that movie to try to be scared, you know. I mean, at least you could say they tried that with the with the remake. I, I feel like they tried to give you some yeah. suspense and stuff. Yeah. There were some suspenseful moments. I think there were some really stupid things that happened. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, I feel like, you know, there was at least some scary moments in, in that movie. Whereas yeah. there's no scary moments in the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was just it was just a, a ride. I feel, yeah. And that's what I kind of went into it with that mindset. And maybe that's why I didn't hate hate it. But when I look at it as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, it's it's terrible. It it yeah. really is. It's there's so many things bad about it. I mean, well, I, I don't know why. Ask, they have, uh, why do they have yeah, to set wanted... it in 2022? 
that's true. That's very to. true. So they yeah, can live was... stream. But that's the only reason why. <laughs> yeah, when he's sitting there with the chainsaw and they they all just go. It's like, oh my like, god, man! Like, really? Why? I was like zero horror right there. I was gonna ask though, uh, in regards to like the legacy characters, what did you think about Sally coming back? Like, oh. Did you like the end of her story? I know Brad dislikes no. it wholeheartedly, but I know no, it a was, lot of people it was terrible. Like it. It, yeah. it was, <laughs> you know, you here's the thing: you if you remove Sally from the entire movie, you still have the same movie. Yeah, when you look true. at it, there's nothing different. There's mm-hmm. really, I mean, I think the lady that played Sally was fine. I think she's okay. I think what she had to do was stupid. stupid. I, the way she died was stupid. The way she confronted Leatherface was stupid. Where she's like, "Say my name," you know, "Say my name, bitch." And I was like, "Why are you playing that? Just shoot the freaking guy." You yeah, know, I, 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 sitting I in the like, bed and just staring at the shotgun and like, I, "Say my name," and, like, no. And here's the thing: I don't believe that Sally from the original would have done that. No. I just don't believe that the same Sally from the original. The, she would have no. just. Guns a blazing. She was. She would have been so hysterical that she found that guy after all these years. That yeah. who would have just been guns blazing. He's not going to say her name. The guy her would have never returned. Anyways. And well, would have yeah, never returned to that town. Point blank. Yeah, I think I, I know they something like that. No, I, I know they tried to do the Laurie Strode thing, like what they've done with this, you know, with the new Blumhouse trilogy and stuff, but. Like Lori, Lori and Sally are two very different characters. Like very Lori, oh, yeah. Lori had. I mean, Lori was obviously scared in the original, and she, you know, she was scared and she was kind of flying by the seat of her pants. But she also had this like protect the kids mentality, and you know what I mean. Like she had a little bit of that like inner strength because she wanted to protect them and she wanted to get you know Sally. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, Sally was literally. I mean, she went like, and it's obvious at the end of the film when she's on the back of the truck and he's just yelling and waving the chainsaw at the end of the movie. Like, she's just hysterical. Like, that's, you know, the yeah. laughing and the crying. And it's just, I mean, she's hysterical. Like, I don't think that Sally would have, uh, you know, aged to be this like super badass chick who's like got shot, who's got either. six <laughs> shotguns in the back of her truck. And you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't yeah. see that character as. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Like, like I, I've I've always said with the the original, I I feel like that's the end of Sally's story. Personally, I feel Absolutely. like mm-hmm. yeah. How did she, how did she, how would she have lived her life after experiencing what she experienced? Yes. When you see her at the at the end of the of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and she's hysterical the way she is, do you really think she had any kind of a life after that? No, it, I mean no. the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of. It's kind of brilliant for it because it gives you it. It's kind of a sucker punch. Yeah, it's like she 100%. got away, and you're rooting for her to get away, but then she gets away, and it's like, how do you come back she, from? What that? has she got left? What is she? Yeah. What has yeah. she got? How did? How is she going to make? You know, how is she going to make a life out, out, of, out of this? How do you live with that trauma? That's like the worst kind of trauma you could ever experience yeah how do you possibly you know? close your eyes and go to sleep after seeing that you know exactly. yeah, no level of therapy or medication can take care of what happened <laughs> no. during the events of texas chainsaw massacre yeah yeah i i agree and i think that's that that's one thing that's powerful about it again you you because you do root for her to get away that whole time but when she does it's kind of like well she got away but did she really 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and and because she she because she didn't she did but she didn't you know it's gonna stay with her forever and you know like how would have she lived off the rest of her life? There's a good chance. I think there was a good chance the character would have committed suicide at some point. Oh, Very good chance. Hundred yeah. percent. Or spent I the agree. rest of her days in a mental hospital. You know. Or, yeah. You know something like that. I think that that's pretty much where Sally would be after that film, yeah. not some sort of Texas Ranger out for revenge and <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I get, I get the angle she... they're going for, and I get why mm-hmm. they did it. I just don't agree with it. I think they went off the formula of Halloween 2018 because it was yep. successful, mm-hmm. but didn't take into account that Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween are two very very different <laughs> films with very very different characters you know yeah. you have to take those things into account yeah you had the original actors returning for halloween 2018 and that was something that got mm-hmm. people on board you didn't yep. have that yeah. opportunity with this movie yeah mm-hmm. i think that was something that was going on with all of the uh more up uh, more recent uh remakes of these horror uh movies is that they're since the events of like halloween 2019 everybody wants to make remakes with their legacy characters and try to make a new story out of something. And reality, each one of these uh, horror movies that back then, like each one of them had their own themes. Like if I had to put Halloween in a box and Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a box, vastly different themes. You have chaos on one hand, ominous on the other. And it's really hard to give Sally like that, like redemption arc in Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's almost like after the events of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like she survived, but her sanity died in that in that uh, in that house, like oh, wholeheartedly. Like yes, I agree. Like, she it. would not have uh, survived after the events of like trying to recover from that. Like no, she she died off screen somewhere, like reeling over this traumatic event. As compared to Laurie Strode, who you know, for all she knows, it was a serial killer to try to try to kill her. It wasn't like she was stuck in a in a dirty house with a bunch of like hooks and dead people and, and cannibals trying to eat her and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there's certain levels of tra- traumatic events that can send someone on a different path. So to oh, force for Sally sure. into being this like, uh, like Sarah Connor, uh, ish kind of woman kind of like <laughs> throws the, yeah. throws the whole theme of what uh Texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre is, which is like, there's no way in hell Stay you can survive name. the events of it. <laughs> yeah. There's no way in hell you can event. You could survive anything that happens in texas chainsaw massacre like it's no. any characters you yeah, you uh introduce they're basically uh sent to slaughter pretty much like there <laughs> it's really no way to survive any of that so yeah you know who's really the most tragic character in the original film right who's the most uh, tragic character in the original mm-hmm. film the damn They're chicken in the tragic, in the uh <laughs> The damn chicken that's in the cage in the living room that had to watch all of that happen. <laughs> that chicken's like, it's like, is it gonna be my time? Oh wait, they, they eat humans, so I guess I'm good. Yeah. I guess I'm There's like, like dead chicken carcasses everywhere. They're probably looking at that. And... Yeah. Uh, Jaded said the remake should have ended with Leatherface being moved into a rent-controlled apartment in downtown Austin. <laughs> section eight. Imagine? Section eight. Yeah, he's in section eight. Uh, so so let's do this. Um, I, we've talked a lot about the franchise. Um, it, you know, is is there any more to your like horror beginning, Steve? Like, where did your journey with the horror genre, um, you know, and even like past that, if you'd like, 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 what are the, some of the films that left an impact on you? Um, not only as a filmmaker, but as a, a as a movie lover as well. 
um strictly horror or just any any kind of Ed, genre either either or i i mean i think the first the first film that ever really probably struck a chord as, as with me as maybe wanting to become a filmmaker was probably jaws mm. uh, <laughs> i saw that when i was i saw jaws when i was eight years old and i just you know i became obsessed with it i wa- i've probably yeah. seen jaws more than any other film i have ever seen it's ever. up there for me too <laughs> Yes, uh, it's definitely in my top five films of all time, uh, for sure. And uh, you know, the Spielberg's Spielberg is hands down my favorite filmmaker. I was just gonna say that. I mean, I don't la- love every film he's made, right? But I can still respect every film he's made, and he's done so much. He's just he's done everything, 100%. and he did it all. He did it all his own way, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I gotta give uh props to that i don't think every any filmmaker has really quite done it like spielberg has no uh in my opinion anyways i mean it's all subjective like at the end of the day but but um yeah jaws was sort of the first real film that uh got me intrigued with filmmaking i think at a very young age um but you know it's not the only movie that's a inspiration um I'm, I, I mean, I love all kinds of movies. The Godfather yeah. was another huge inspiration mm-hmm. as far as filmmaking goes. The storytelling, I guess, with that, a film like that, it's more storytelling. It's yeah. it sort of got me more into the screen, the screenwriting aspect of of uh, a film because right. I, I just love the story. I love how, and you know, and I can relate that that story to another Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can there is a which Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of a copy of The Godfather story wise, story structure wise. Which one? Are you asking you, which really one? What? Yeah, there's a there's a Texas Chainsaw, a pretty recent one actually that I feel like they basically just copied the story of The Godfather. Brad, you must have the answer for that one, don't you? <laughs> You're not talking about 3D, are you? No, I'm not talking about 3D. <laughs> if you really think about it, Leatherface that came out after 3D. Oh, see, <laughs> I honestly, I would have to, to be completely honest, I would really have to rewatch that one to really like let it soak in because I kind of, I feel like I watched part of it. I don't know, honestly, I don't know <laughs> that I've even seen the whole, the entire thing. Oh, it's but, it's not good. Yeah, it's I've heard, I have, but... yeah, it's one of those movies I never really cared to go back and like. I really want to sit down and watch this. Like, I just. I saw part of it. I mean, it essentially, the writer good. took Michael Corleone's story arc and gave it to Leatherface. You know, you yeah. in The Godfather, you've got Michael Corleone that doesn't like what his family's doing. Right. The beginning of that one, Leatherface doesn't like what his family's trying to do and make him do and blah, blah, blah. And he gets sent away and, and you know, he basically disowns his family and all this stuff. And then he gets away. And But eventually, at the, by the end of the story, he becomes what his family he becomes yeah. Leatherface, the killer in his family, kind of like how Michael Corleone eventually becomes the Godfather. Right. I mean, the big difference really is, is that it took a three-hour movie really to tell Michael Corleone's story. Exactly. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. how he, it was a transition that that was seamless. You know, he was this young innocent character that didn't want anything to do with it, and all these little events eventually turned him into the Michael Corleone he was at the end. Yeah. Whereas in, in Leatherface, it was just all of a sudden his buddy gets killed and he's bad. Now now he loves his family. 
for yeah. no, mm-hmm. you, don't, you know, he hated his family. Now he loves his family. And it's just, it, it, it's, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, really if you wanted a better story, you could have let, <laughs> what if Leatherface was like three hours long and you actually like went through the whole process of, <laughs> but, you know, of his, of his it, life. Here's, like, here's the thing. That story was good for for a movie like The Godfather. It's not good mm-hmm, for a Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre. No, we're not no. turning Texas Chainsaw Massacre into a a crime drama here. You know, it's no. it's it's a horror movie. It's a you know, uh, no. It's like making uh. a movie like it's like trying to make a movie something that it's not. And yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is definitely one of those movies that you really can't put any other type of story and make it like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or it's call it Texas unique. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Too unique is the word I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I have really fond, uh, fond memories of The Godfather because, like, I've got Italian roots in me, and like, my me grandfather <laughs> used to watch it all the time. I mean, it was oh, just yeah. it was that. Um, just there, there were a few films that were just like on a constant, just like cycle <laughs> in their house. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he could practically quote every every line in the godfather i mean it's just a it's a big deal so um and, and another thing you know kind of talking about the the conception of this and I, i've always wondered about it you know i've seen uh, what a lot of people have done with indiegogo campaigns and um you know i'm really glad that we have you on to ask you this and i, I would also love to get you know like dave mccray and bruce dales you know uh from it's me billy like their you know uh perception of this but um you know Vince DeSanti, all those guys who are doing these, mm-hmm. these great fan films like yourself. But, you know, so you've got the idea, you've got the the script and the passion, and the pieces are there, but what is your mindset going into the, the crowdfunding campaign? And, like, how on earth do you even approach that? Because, like, obviously, it seems like a massive feat in and of itself, like, uh, the undertaking of, of shooting and making the movie, let alone that, like, the crowdfunding part just seems like it would be completely overwhelming to me. It's a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat the, the crowdfunding part. It, it, it took a lot out of me uh, and I'm still, and the thing is I'm still doing it because I'm trying to break even on this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's uh, I'm still like two grand in the hole from this movie. So I still right. got my Indiegogo up. Um, but uh, it, it, it took a lot of work. It, it was yeah. definitely a lot of work, especially for somebody like me who was not really well known. Didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have a ton of film credentials. You know, I, you know, I have a, a couple of awards so that I did win on a, on a short film. But, um, but it, it, other than that, I mean, I didn't really have a lot to show. So I had to, I had to rely on my proof of concept, the, the trailer, the marketing, and just really networking, really networking yeah. as much as I possibly can. It really is a full-time job. Oh, yeah. You know, create your social media pages. You know, you have to have all, you have to have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you have to have, be on the Slasher app if, if it's a horror film. You have to have a good YouTube channel. You, you know, it's, it's, it is a lot. And I learned a lot from the very first campaign I did because... The very first campaign we did, we didn't raise that much. We only raised in Canadian dollars. It was forty seven hundred dollars. I think that's less than four k in U.S. dollars. So mm-hmm. we didn't raise a lot. And I, you know, I went out of it thinking, well, I still there's we got money. We can do something here. Um, we'll do another campaign. 
And that's when I said, well, why don't we get some of our actors that we actually cast in, in Texas and, you know, get some actual authentic Texas footage. I took a bit of a gamble there because that cost me a little bit of money that, you know, I was, you know, it wasn't like I spent the entire Indiegogo funds on that, but I, I spent a portion of it and, uh, we made that trailer and thank God it took off. You know, it just, uh, Although, you know, we, we still didn't, it was, still wasn't an overnight success or anything like that. We, I really pushed it. The, the, the next campaign still did not reach its goal. It came close. It was like 75%. So it was a lot better than the first campaign. But, uh, you know, it just, I learned a lot more on that second campaign. You know, I learned that. I think the second cam- campaign, I really learned about the networking part. You know, I really knew that I had to, uh, you know, become friends with a lot of people in the industry and a lot of horror fans and and chat with them. And uh, I think that's a huge, a huge thing that people really people doing this really know that they have to do. You you got to be interactive with people. You really got to be interactive with people. Right. Because that's how you build relationships. You actually got to build relationships with people. And yeah. if you're not mm-hmm. there to build relationships, they're going to see that. You know, yeah. they're a little unfriendly and they'll be like, you know, you're, you're just posting your shit all the time, you yeah. know? So yeah, you, you have to actually build relationships. It's that's important for sure. And you know what? I'm glad I did because man, I've, I've met some awesome people in the process. You know, I, I'm, I'm so glad because I mean, half the people on my friends list, um, I didn't realize were such awesome people and still you, until you start chatting with them and some of them actually end up being in your film and, and stuff like that it's it's really really cool you know it's uh i would i would never take that back it was it was a it, that was great i actually kind of really loved the networking part of it because i've met so many awesome people right. um but yeah you know it, it's 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 a learning process and you just got to keep doing it until you until you get it <laughs> you know yeah. ultimately that's all i can say uh look at other indiegogo campaigns make sure your indiegogo campaign looks good you know it's mm-hmm. got to look professional yeah. uh, again and having a good trailer is yeah. you know having a good pitch video of some kind is going to go a long way so yeah, and i think that was some of the keys to our success for sure you you do have the one open right i, I think let me let me see if i can pull it up here real quick We've um, done four people. Indiegogo's now. <laughs> yeah, that's a recent one. Yeah. <laughs> is this the this is the current one then? That looks like the current one. Yes. Okay. So I went ahead and I threw that link in the chat. A couple people were oh, uh, were asking for that. So <laughs> so yeah, if uh, the the link is in the chat now, so go check that out. And we have um, a perk and to watch the movie now. If you if you anybody just can't wait till October twenty first, <laughs> that's been a popular perk. Like, we have only got a few left though. So that's awesome. Get it while you can. <laughs> Very good. Get cool. it while you can. And listen, yeah. I uh, I wanted to, dude. This poster is absolutely so. Isn't that awesome? Spectacular. That it's is a great poster. That is yeah. awesome. That's that is a really really that great cost poster. You thousands of dollars, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks Actually, so it good, though. <laughs> it, it is. It is a great poster, and that's uh, done by Joe Lawrence of, uh, I believe, his company is called More Sense Designs. Uh, you can find mm-hmm. him on uh, on Instagram under Fangoria Faithful. I think that's a horror group that he that he does. Yeah, even and that one. So is he great. designed. Yeah, I I did that one. I just, really, that was right after wow. we uh, right after I received the first mask, 
which I had actually done here in Canada. I just took a picture of the mask in, in my attic using the very lights that I have shining on me right now, just lit it and just <laughs> took a picture with my phone and a little bit of Photoshop, a little bit of color. And that's what you got. It was like, uh, this very is my cool. sort of, this is, was kind of my tribute tribute to the remake poster, I guess you would say. Yeah. And very uh, cool, man. People it liked it. I thought man. it was kind of yeah. goofy at first, but uh, then everybody seemed to really like it. So, yeah, we kept that as an option for a poster. Yeah, I've seen well, the fandom's loving it. I can tell. Yeah, yeah, oh, a yeah. few people mm-hmm. in the chat have even said, Is that first that that poster behind you that we were just looking at? Is that available to buy? This one the, or this one? <laughs> the the one with the red chainsaw. The if the, they the red chainsaw, yes. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is that available to, to purchase on that Indiegogo? It is, yes. Awesome, it's well, the there official you go. poster. That they is the did. official go, poster. This is our what we call, I think we call it the retro remake poster cool. for this one. So, yeah, both Very are available. Cool. Both are available in, uh, geez, I'm going to forget my sizes. I think nine by 17 and 24 by 36. So you can wow. get them the big, the big poster or the small one. This is a, a small one. This is the 11 by 17, I think. 11 by 17 and 24 by 36 up there. That's awesome. So, yeah, if you're watching after the fact, that link is in the uh, it's in the chat, so go check that out, man. Support these guys any way you can. Um, so where did you all actually film in Texas? We did, we that did, is, which is which ate up a little awesome. bit of our budget to do that, but right. uh, authenticity was important to me. I really wanted yeah, to to film in Texas. Sure. I knew that a lot that, of the the films now aren't being made in Texas. So yeah, Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre, and I don't think any. I don't think I could be wrong on this, so don't quote me on this. But I don't think any of the films outside of the original have been filmed a hundred percent in Texas. I think that uh, that a lot of them have done some work in studios in in LA and stuff yeah. like that in Hollywood. Uh, at least sort of their B roll or the reshoots or whatever they they have to do. So even like the remake, I believe at least some of that was shot in LA, and mm. which you understand is totally understandable, you know, yeah. because you know. It's expensive to, to go out on location right. to, to film again when you have to do reshoots, especially. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, second I, unit I usually always shoots in a sound stu- sound stage, right. you know. Well, and Rosalia said, "Where in Texas?" Like, I don't know. Are, are there any of the original shooting locations even like still around? Or I think the oh yeah, the gas station is right. You, did the you gas guys, station? Were you able to hit up any there? of those? We, I, you know, what? it was my goal to be able to film at the gas station. That was could be because it was in the script. the The gas station wow. is is part of our film, um, but the owners of the gas station would not let us film there. And it's mm-hmm. nothing. To, it's not. I I think there's probably. I don't know. I'm speculating that there's some legalities behind filming there. Right. I don't know, but they they wouldn't let us do it. I, I had a lot of connections to them. I still have connections to our production manager is like really good friends with them. But they, they, I think they just not allowed to because of the name and all that kind of stuff. Right. So unfortunately, we had to find another gas station, which we did um, in Taylor, Texas. This was all around Austin, basically. All our filming was in the Austin area, not actually in Austin. But uh, yeah, so the original gas station is in Bastrop, which is actually where we the majority of the crew were staying that came from outside of Texas. Oh, cool. Uh, we were staying. Yeah, we were staying. We had a we had a wonderful shout out to the, to our our host in Bastrop, Christine Alverson. She hosted, I think, 11, 10 or eleven of us 
over the entire wow, t- period. Crew. Saved us on That's hotel cool. bills and everything mm-hmm. like that. That's I think awesome. some of us got sick of each other after a while, you know, a room <laughs> would, you know. Nobody wanted to be around me, I'll tell you that much, you know. <laughs> it's all good. How uh, but, uh oh, well, I'm sure the filming of your film couldn't have been any worse than the original. <laughs> there were no oh, dead corpses. I mean that and, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh <laughs> we would we I would be arrested if we if we were oh, yeah. that. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, there's no that way doesn't you could fly. Do today. That does not fly in today's uh yeah. society unfortunately and you know yeah I, we would have been shut down if yeah. if half the stuff that happened in that movie took place oh, yeah. it was they should have been shut down it was it was, oh, yeah. yeah 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 but you well, know even was, uh yeah if i if i remember it didn't gunner hansen or they said that gunner hansen like smelled so bad that they were like they like they stayed away from him i think for uh for like yeah, the majority of it. I I I'm going to be I'm going to come clean here and I actually I think I did come clean with some of the cast on this. I purposely did not shower very much during my time in Texas so that I so I could give a little bit of that, you know. I, I get it. I don't really the truth though. kind of thing. I, I don't I don't know if it actually worked. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody said nobody complained about but maybe they're just, you know, I was I, but I said that to them at yeah. the premiere that I maybe showered three times in for the entire three weeks that I was in Texas just to try to create some bad smells <laughs> on set, <laughs> you know, uh, just to sort of, you know, yeah. dampen that atmosphere, you know, get right. people in that, that same si- sort of mindset. But I don't, think, yeah. I don't think it really worked. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it did, but uh, it doesn't help that it was actually quite cold when we filmed really uh, that's yeah, interesting. It was march it was march a lot of early oh, okay. mornings and early mornings in texas and march were surprisingly cold it yeah. was a lot mm-hmm. colder than i had expected anyway i wasn't really prepared for it yeah i mean no snow or anything like that but right it's really cold and windy it was really windy um i don't think it shows too much on film but um I wish we had somebody always on set applying sweat, fake sweat to her actors. And we didn't have anybody doing that. Yeah. Uh, the SFX artist we had was only available for like three of the shooting days, three or four. Wow. wow. And it was mostly did you the have basement a, stuff. Yeah. Did you have a lot of night shots there in your movie? Like, is it primarily like uh, during the nighttime? Cause there's no, something, actually, there's something I mean, like a, I was going to say, because Texas has a, has, is like very, like, has a very, it can give like a very ominous, because I remember in the first Texas Chainsaw, like in the dark, it's like very mysterious and very dreadful, just like the uh, the feeling oh, and yeah. atmosphere you have there. So I didn't know if you, like, did you ever like uh, have a lot of scenes that were in the dark? Not a lot. We did have some, but, uh, and mm-hmm. I think they turned out great, actually, the 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 scenes that we did have most of our scenes are in i think the majority of our scenes are interior uh okay. so we didn't really have a lot of uh, to work with even when we shot at night i think we i think sometimes we did shoot day for night in in inside and night for yeah. days at some points in in uh other scenes just because you know we couldn't keep up with the continuity of the lighting and stuff like that so mm-hmm. you know we made alterations in post where we wherever we had to but uh but not a lot. There's one chase scene that takes place at night, and it's it's not a huge p- part of the movie. It's like maybe two minutes long, um, but it looks great. I almost yeah. part of me wishes it was longer because it does <laughs> look great. And uh, yeah, but you know, 
I will say that the nighttime scenes in both the original, the original chase scene and Jessica Biel's chase scene towards the end of the film in the remake, I think they're my two favorite moments in that. I mean, like the original, I have two favorite moments. I think it's that chase scene where, and, and it's a long chase scene when he kills Franklin uh, and then she runs through the, I mean, it's like a back and forth cat and mouse thing between them oh, for yeah. a pretty, that was I a, don't know exactly how long it is, but it's pretty it's, long. I yeah. did, And I didn't want to recreate that. I probably, part of me wishes I had a slightly longer one than we have, but uh, I did, definitely didn't want to recreate that. And they, they shot that. I know that in the original, they would have shot that at least over two nights, at least yeah. mm-hmm. two eight hour right. nights. And I only would say that for sure, because I, I don't know for a fact, but I imagine it must have been, been because there's two different locations. There's the house and there's the gas station. Well, I know for a fact the gas station is in Bastrop, Texas, and the house at that time was in Round Rock, Texas, and it's oh. about an hour commute. It's at least an hour commute. It's doubtful that they would have drove in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, an hour away to, to go from the, ba- the gas station to the house, so. Right. Uh, at le- it was at least a, a two night shoot. I, I, there's no way I couldn't see that being less than that. But uh, yeah, I mean it's possible. I mean, but back in those days with the equipment you would have had and stuff like that, yeah, I don't think that would have been possible back then. Yeah. Well, Jada, you bring up a good point too. The chase scene in the OG was my favorite scene. Love that blue tint. Well, not only you get mm-hmm. like the the what I love about it is I it's I mean it's a great scene anyways, but um. A, you have that that moonlight lighting, kind of like what the original Halloween did, like that same kind of blue. It's not blue, but it kind of gives you that blue, like aura, the moonlight. Yeah. But you also like there's there's obviously the fog, but you also get the smoke from the chainsaw, like like if you would put too much oil in it, kind of thing, and you get that extra smoke coming out. Like it's just that that the combination of those elements made that scene so great. I mean, there's one shot when it's like it um she uh sally is running towards the camera and leatherface just like emerges from the woods behind her when they're chasing each other and that scene is just like god like it's such a good shot it's one of my favorite shots for the entire franchise Um, it is a great shot and you know we're kind of talking getting closer and closer all the time oh yeah 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 well and we're kind of talking about the style like you know uh, and we brought up halloween a minute ago like in in the original halloween you're I should say like Halloween um, or I guess TCM came first. So really verse vice versa, but you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, It's such a unique stylistic piece. Like with, you know, it, it's so atmospheric and it's very vivid in terms of like, you can almost like the opening scene. That's another great shot of the, at the cemetery where the thing is kind of, pro- the skull is propped up and like, oh, you yeah. feel <laughs> the heat and that dry, yeah that dry heat at the beginning like even in the interiors and uh imagining what the rooms inside of the sawyer house must have smelt like like how yeah. do you you know yeah. like oh i know right you, you can just imagine the, yeah. the grossness I can just of imagine. It, but, uh how do you go about like recreating that aesthetic and that that environment because that that has to be like a that had to have been a a pretty big thing kind of going through your head right about a little bit for feel. sure i mean here's the thing though is i knew from the get-go that we couldn't recreate it i knew right. you never could recreate that stuff from the original it, it's very unique in its own in, in its own regard 
-hmm. And, you know, our film doesn't take place in the same location other than the gas station. The gas station is the only place it's supposed to be more or less the same, even though it's a completely different gas station. Yeah. But, you know, we wanted to set ours at Grandpa's house. So we, we just, I just kind of said, you know, we, let's let's cr- make our own. Let's make it our own right. and draw inspiration from other areas instead. Mm-hmm. And my inspiration for Grandpa's house was actually not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was actually the house from the end of the Blair Witch Project. That was my biggest oh, inspiration. Oh, okay. That was my biggest. You now that house was a little bit more abandoned than uh-huh. uh, I really saw for Grandpa's house, but at the same time, the the way it looked, you know, the lay right. the very the narrow hallways, you know, the yeah. you know the what's in this room, you know, every room is so small and it's just yep. claustrophobic feel. Like mm-hmm. when the end of the, that movie comes, it just feels so claustrophobic. I just love it. And I almost yeah. a part of me always said I just feel like Leatherface is gonna come out of nowhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh and it does feel like it. I mean, I just I just feel like Leatherface could just come out and just all of a sudden, right. holy shit, you know. Yeah. And I just I thought they were a perfect marriage. So that was my inspiration for grandpa's house more than anything else was was uh was the Blair Witch Project house, which is long gone, and that was in where was that anyways memphis or some damn thing i don't know where they um, filmed that was it uh, uh maryland sorry Burkittsville, maryland so i think it actually was filmed in maryland uh i have to do my re- research on that i don't know if Burks- Burkittsville actually exists or anything like that but uh yep but I, i'm seneca pretty sure creek, it was actually filmed. seneca creek state park in montgomery county maryland is where the majority yeah. of blair witch was filmed there you go yeah. and is the that the only movie is that the only mm-hmm. movie that you kind of take inspiration from, The Blair Witch, or are there other uh, movies that you've kind of like? I, mean, uh, I took other inspiration, movies? obviously, from the, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and even the remake. There, you're going to see some some uh, elements of of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in our film. You're going to see where I drew some inspiration because, like I said, I love certain elements of that right, movie. Right. Yeah, and I I sound like I, I probably hate it. I don't. I no, I wish no. it was better. I wish yeah. it was better. You know, it's like oh, I wish they didn't do that. Why did they have to do that? You know, <laughs> I keep saying that, but you know, yeah. but there's so many things in it that are great. So you will see some some inspiration from the remake in the movie. Not a ton, but a little bit. Uh, other inspirations. That's probably about it. That's mm-hmm. probably about it. You know, I don't. Yeah. As much as I like other horror films like Halloween and Black Christmas, and you know, I love those films, but I just I, I feel like they're different types of films. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Maybe it's... there's some slightly more suspenseful moments, but I don't know. I think the original yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre had its suspenseful moments too. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and that was something. Again, it, it makes me even more excited to see what you're doing in the Sawyer Massacre because even going back to first annual barbecue. Um, like one of the things that I, 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 I think I even texted it to you, Miguel, like one of the things that I thought when I was watching that is like, this feels like you're boxed in, like it's so claustrophobic mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go. And even looking at the original, like it, like the kitchen, when, when Sally's strapped down, you're getting the close up on her face and she's screaming and they're laughing and doing whatever, like it fe- that it's not a very big room that they're in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It really, the house is not massive. It, you know, yeah. and that sense of claustrophobia, like it, it, 
it almost makes it more scary when you know if it's a big room you have places to go and you know you you can you can kind of strategize a little bit and try to find a way out but when it's that claustrophobic you got nowhere to go you know mm-hmm. yeah you're not, you're not getting away from that so I, I just I, wanted to create this sense that you know leatherface could just come out of anywhere right you don't know and you know he's there somewhere where yeah. the fuck is he though you know right. and it, i just i yeah. wanted to kind of create that sort of feel um yeah. That Leatherface is maybe a little bit more stealthy than, <laughs> well, yeah. not. I don't want to say like Michael Myers or anything, but, but right. uh, you know, he he knows to shut off his chainsaw when he should shut off his chainsaw. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he and he, I'm sure he knows that house very well. So like he like he mm-hmm. knows every single uh, nook and cranny to hide from. So oh, yeah. like I can I can I can believe that, and I'm excited to see it. The jump scares I'm sure are going to be uh going to be top notch. <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot. <laughs> I don't have a lot. I'm not, okay. a big, I'm not a big fan of jump scares. So, and when I do, I like payoff. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say right. there's no jump scares. There's mm-hmm. some, but uh, I'm very, I'm very few and far between when it comes to jump scares. I mean, the original really only had one real jump scare, and that's when yeah it comes yeah. out and kills Franklin. Yeah. Right. Um. There's a, some of them are kind of. I mean, I guess the first kill is kind of jump scary ish, but. I don't know. You, I don't know. You kind of see it coming though, too. So it's just, yeah. it's more of a reveal rather than a jump scare. So, right. yeah. You. So, I mean, I'm not a big fan of jump scares, but I like a good, I like a jump scare when it's done right. I think, I just think that maybe too many modern movies overuse them. And yeah. I think if you, if you have them less, the ones that, that are there are going to be more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. That's and like some philosophy. of these newer movies are like, they, they rely they on market. It. They market their jump scares throughout the movie. So then the movie is just end up like, well, then you better your story oh, yeah. better be really good because all of your jump scares <laughs> are now on TV or YouTube or all the other movie theaters. So like, well, yeah. and, and that's difficult too because it's like a lot of newer horror films. A they rely on jump scares, but then they also show you every jump scare in the marketing. Mm-hmm. So like, you walk in and on, and I know a lot of people said that about Halloween Kills, which. I think they went a little overboard with uh, with uh, there were people that were like, they showed every single kill. And I was like, there's 30 kills in there. Like, no, they didn't. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't show everything. They showed a lot, though. It did show a lot. Like that firefighter. I mean, could you imagine if you would have if like even if the trailer would have just ended with him walking out on the porch and like he he holds the thing and that's it. But I mean, like, I mean, seeing that firefighter stuff for the first time would have been like shit like you know like this is is pretty legit um we're not keeping you too long are we no no i'm 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 all good i can go for at least another half hour or so okay sweet yeah i figured we'll go about another 20 25 30 minutes or so um uh well i just saw a comment here um where did it go? My entire comment thing just uh <laughs> don't you hate that? I know it all like it literally uh, all just yard is funny sometimes with that. I don't know. I it is like it, it jumps. Sometimes. Um Slasher Fred is going on, man. I wonder if he's going to con people into whitewashing his entire face. Fence? What are you talking about? I wonder if he's gonna con people into whitewashing his entire fence. Whitewashing. I'm, honestly, I Slasher Fred, I don't even I don't know if I understand the <laughs> 
the that was a brain the, teaser. I know. I don't even know if I understand what you're trying to say, buddy. Maybe you can clarify a little bit. Uh, Rosalia says you had uh, you could have some information from other information, inspiration. <laughs> that's how to talk uh, from other movies. But ultimately, you have to make your own vision. Yeah, I mean, I exactly. I, yeah. yeah, I agree with that, and I like that. I like that you're, you know, you're, and obviously, like, uh, I don't. It it is it's a hard question to ask, like. Um, about like telling about uh, telling us about the story you're trying to tell, but like, and I mean, for obvious reasons, you can't share that, but um, it, I like that you're throwing your own spin on things. And I like that you're, um, you know, I, I like that you're adding your own spin on it and that you're adding to the lore of it. You know what I mean? I enjoy that. I think that's, uh, I think that's special. Gotta have something to add. You know, right. I mean, I wouldn't have, exactly. I wouldn't have made this film if I didn't feel like I genuinely had something to add. I'm not just mm-hmm. remaking the original, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not just, it's not a carbon copy cutout of, of the original. It's, it's a different story, different, very different characters. And, you know, even different uh, motivation from the Sawyer family than you got yeah. the original. You know, I, I didn't right. feel like it. I'm not ignoring the whole cannibal cannibal aspect in our film. It's there, but it's not the main thing with the, mm-hmm. the Sawyers in this family. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I didn't want to just redo that. I mean, you're never going to recreate gr- grandpa sucking on, on Sally's finger no, for the first no. time, which was yeah. actually her blood that he was. Yeah, uh, yeah, again, yeah. It's, it adds to the authenticity. Gunner just OSHA got violations. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have, that would have got me yeah. sued for sure. Yeah. Well, even on, <laughs> you know, uh, but, on Marilyn Burns, I think like that that chase scene we were talking about where she's falling through the woods and stuff. I think like in, in there's a documentary. I'm sure you've seen it. I don't remember what it's called. Um, uh, it's on YouTube. A family portrait. Maybe I don't the, know the one where they're interviewing all the me- the family members. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's called the family um, portrait. Yeah, I've well, seen that many times. I love that one. Yeah, like they had talked about like all of the or a lot of the blood on um. Uh, a lot of the blood on her shirt is actually her blood because she's yeah. fallen so many times and cut herself up and like you know yeah yeah that would she, never fly she these was days. Pretty, she was pretty beat up that gal after that yeah. movie like drayton had to actually hit her with that broom and, and he had a hell of a time doing it so they did take after take and it's like and they're like no you gotta hit her harder and she'd come out with more bruises every time but he had to really hit her and like and she's like just hit me for <laughs> <laughs> so eventually yeah, finally yeah, yeah. did and it's you know that's you know authenticity works you gotta actually have your actors do it do it you know i know and you know what in in some cases it really worked in our film as well because we had um our female lead nika lu was just willing to do anything and i always said to really? her you know that if something's not safe you know, I, anytime I said, hey, if it's, it's not safe enough for you, I know it's kind of dangerous. We can try something else. And she was like, I want to do it. I, and she always wanted to be tied up. She was she pushed the rest of the cast, I think, to wow. do stuff that was slightly more dangerous. Like uh, at this point, like, you needed a safe word because this is like, OK, <laughs> going to happen. Oh, man, that that girl. <laughs> I don't know how she did it, but she yeah. I mean, she she was she was all in. She was like, that's awesome. Need to, she needed to actually be tied up to really show her struggle. She couldn't be fake tied. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, so 
Uh, and that's good. I, that's I good mean, to have like actors that just want to like they want to be like delved into yeah. the experience. Like they want authenticity just oh, as yeah. much as you, the director, wants it too. Well, so it does help with the performance, you know. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like method acting, I guess you could say. It's almost to that point, but uh, you know, I don't think you could say that they were really method acting in the original, but they were really taken to that point. You right. know, Marilyn Burns yeah. was really taken to that point of hysteria because of how long everything was going how hot everything was and you know everything around it was so again so claustrophobic and yeah everything smelled really bad and once you you've been in there for as long as you have and you're shooting you know shooting for 24 hours straight by the end of it you're going to be a little bit crazy (laughs) it worked out well in that regards so your lead was almost like opposite marilyn burns (laughs) you know kind of she i mean i in a, in a sense uh, and and technically we actually have a male lead in in our film but oh, okay, I, okay. I always like to say that it's, it's two leads she's she's definitely the female lead and she's she's the plot driven character and he's the character he's he drives right. the character yeah. yeah so um both are pretty equally important in my in in my opinion but um but she was the one that really pushed everybody to you know, up their game and, and yeah. uh, you know, be willing to take a, a few risks. If, if something wasn't a hundred percent safe, just try it, you know, just a little fall on the ground. Right. You can do that. Right. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. You're just jumping out a two story window. Like what? Yeah, what <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we didn't do that. You know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I, that would have been cool, but at the same right. time, you know, it's, um, yeah. you know, we just couldn't do something like that. I, I wish right. we could have, you know, it's just, yeah. It would never fly these days. Yeah, logistically, yeah. but you know, yeah. Some people were, you know, not even wanting to just kind of fall down, you know, or whatever. And, right. uh, you know, she kind of pushed them a little bit to be willing to do that. And I think, uh, right. you know, not uh, not everybody was unwilling, but, uh, you know, a few people could be yeah. a, a bit unwilling. And I think that I think she really helped in that regard. And just a young, very young, talented actress. And uh, yeah, I think she's got a great career ahead of her. That's for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what and was it, your journey in regards to finding these uh, these actors, like the cast oh, itself? Like, I know some oh, of them are, yeah. your, are like That's your friends question. and whatnot, but like, like how are you? No, able no, to, like, I've uh... never met any of these people before. Oh, okay. I mean, none of them are my friends, and I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they are now. Now, now, yeah, I feel yeah, like, yeah. Well, okay, good. But I had Nika. Uh, it's funny we're talking about Nika. Nika was the very first person I I gave the role to. Mm-hmm. Was gave any role to? I said, Nika, if you want this role, it's yours. And that was because she did such a phenomenal job in our promotional trailer that we shot here in Canada. Because she she actually lives in the same town that I do. Oh. She, we're, we're both Canadians, so she. I'm like, you can come to Texas with me. You're we're, you're, we're going to Texas. You're going to play this role because I didn't see anybody else in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the very first audition, she sent me when she was only 16. I think you know she was only 16, but I knew the character I wrote, and it was like she embodied that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter. The other person that came from Canada was uh, our Leatherface actor, Scotty Parkin. He lives a town over from me. And uh, he was also in our promotional trailer. And I thought the two, the two of them looked great together when they did this certain thing in, in the, in the, I guess you would call it our dinner table scene. I guess you would call it that. And, uh, you know, they both had to interact and, and it was just, it was probably the most powerful moment of that trailer. So, uh, I just decided I wanted to cast both of them, but, uh, but, uh, she was the first person I cast. And then after that, I just, I, I 
reached out to different uh, uh, casting agencies in Texas and, you know, was on Facebook and actors groups in Texas and all that kind of thing. And just, uh, you know, was pretty thorough with the process. And that was another one of the reasons why, you know, we didn't release our trailer and Indiegogo as fast sooner than, than we did was because I did want to have at least the core cast mm-hmm. uh, yeah. already in place. So did so, you have anyone that was like semi hesitant in going into the movie? Because again, like the text, the original text of Chainsaw Massacre is so controversial in how it was filmed. So I'm just curious that any of these uh, actors were like kind of hesitant at first or were they all just like gun ho Like, let's I'm here to I'm here to act. So let's do it. I think pretty much anybody that auditioned for roles yeah. wasn't hesitant there because, you know, otherwise they wouldn't have auditioned. But uh mm-hmm. You know, there was there. I mean, I remember early on, there was a few people that emailed me, asked me what the movie was. And, you know, you tell them what, what it was about and then you wouldn't hear back from them. So I'm guessing they <laughs> were hesitant and they never. Yeah, yeah, never yeah. Let me an audition. So <laughs> that's the mm-hmm, way it yeah. goes, you know. And, you know, that's I mean, that's been with every movie I've made, though. So that just happens. You know, some people just flake out, you know, life mm-hmm. comes up and you know, are they really serious actors? I guess you would say, you know, yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. people just do it when they can. Right. Well, and, and let me ask you this too. This is something I've kind of wondered about. And again, probably only so much you can say, and that's completely fine. Um, is, you can't spoil the movie, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> could you, could you put the script up here on screen, Steve? That'd be great. <laughs> uh, no but <laughs> um, <laughs> is this, Obviously, it is a prequel to the original film, correct? Is this necessarily an origin type story for some of these characters, or are we kind of already? Huh? I knew you were going to ask me that. Well, if you remember from our earlier conversation, how I mentioned I like the mystique of these characters, I find them to be scarier that way, and so in that regards i don't i don't think i really put together any kind of an origin story right um what i did do was maybe give a little bit more insight as to some of the characters and some of what's going on than that uh that you wouldn't have gotten from the original however i wanted to do it in such a way that you feel like you probably got more out of right. watching more from the characters when you watch the original after this i tried to do it in that sort of way where you can yeah. watch this film and then watch the original and be like oh what what the hell's happened to grandpa now i guess he can't talk anymore and oh drayton is actually like oh, you know it's it's like this person is actually like that or whatever you know and and uh so you discover new things about the characters if you had never seen the original when you right. watch the original yeah after this. that's cool that's cool and yeah i didn't necessarily mean origin as in like the reason they're doing what they're doing, but like just the original, you kind of feel like you're just dropped into this, their situation and their scenario. You know what I mean? So it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting kind of thought process, you know, as to like, Oh, for sure. How you end up in that mess of a, of a family, you know? So that's kind of interesting. Uh, and Slasher Fred brings up a good point. We were talking about music earlier. I've noticed how the score for the original film sounds like a sound effects score. Uh, it is, you know, I, I know, did you, you, I, I assume you composed the music or I the composed some of the music. I, I, I had a few people actually help compose music for this because, uh, uh, one, I've had a few people that had gr- good music that they had to give me. Right. 
Um, and you know, I was pretty, pretty adamant that I, that, that I wanted to use real composers, right. That I wanted real music to be on this and not, not just be some sort of, you know, a soundscape that you can find online or anything like that. Right. I wanted it to be done by real people that, uh, that knew what they were doing. Now, at the same time, I knew I, I, I get approached by composers all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's a problem we have is that so many indie filmmakers are using those free soundscapes that you can find online. Right. That it's, uh, it's really hard for composers to actually find real work these days. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not your typical score. Exactly. It has to be right. So, you know, I think it was about a year and a half ago. I, I maybe not even quite that long ago. But this guy who's on Instagram or, or sorry, it's a slasher app goes by the handle Gory Rory. He messages me and says, uh, "Oh, I've always, I'm a composer and I've always wanted to do something Texas Chainsaw Massacre-ish. If I send you a piece, you think you'd use it in your film?" I said to him, "I'd have to approve it." And he sent me this piece, and it was just called uh, "The Sawyer House." Mm. and i'm like this is grandpa's this is grandpa's house theme you know i think mm. he 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 composed it to uh to the original sawyer house in the original but right. i was like this is this is what we need for for grandpa's house in it's awesome in our film so like every time we're approaching grandpa's house in our film that that music comes in and it really feels it really feels like it's something you would hear in the original yeah you know you almost awesome. feel like he took it from the original but he didn't it's all his own he created all the sounds himself and that's that's the thing you know you you use it is kind of sound effect ish mm-hmm. but it's it's organic you it's, like that's yeah. what i did what you know i did i did stuff like um i took my uh, my microphone out to a a dumpster and just kind of you know with the lid on the dumpster it stunk really bad too it's really <laughs> <laughs> june or something at this point and i just tried to get this this dumpster lid to squeal a certain way to make these these stinger type sounds and it really created uh, an interesting atmosphere and then we you know you play with the pitch on it and stuff like yeah, that yeah 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 it's it's really cool to do i i love that stuff mm-hmm. that's what texas chainsaw massacre is yeah. it's not really music it's sounds it really yeah, is yeah. a lot of sounds 100%. I like that a lot, man. Um, by the way, guys, we're, we're starting to kind of move towards wrapping up here. If you guys have questions for Steve, please throw them in the chat right now. Um, I was going to bring up Mike Lutz question uh, right there. Yeah. It was probably a good one right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mike said, what was the hardest character to capture the spirit of on screen in your feature? Great stuff, guys. Thank you, uh, Mike. Ooh. As far as legacy characters, I mean, they're, they're all kind of tough, but I, I wrote my own versions of them. Mm-hmm. I think Drayton was was really tough because I, I really kind of I did something different with the character, you know. I always I always treated it like this is eight years before, and th- these characters are not the same that they were right. in the original. Mm-hmm. And writing the character was I f- it felt like a big risk. I felt like I was taking a big risk. And I thought that, you know, a lot of people would read it and say, what the hell did you do to this character? <laughs> you know, I thought that's that, always a big fear right there. That's I always thought the that was going to be the reaction. Mm-hmm. But now I know I did the right call because, you know, mm-hmm. even the, the early screenings of the film, 
um, people are saying how how much they like what I did with the character. That's Again, awesome. I won't spoil spoil it, but uh, and uh, and actually, people really like the way Bill Housekeeper portrayed the character. Uh, Bill Housekeeper has a very different voice than uh, Jim C. Dow does, though. I think that was the mm-hmm. one thing I wish I could have spent some time with him on because Jim C. Dow had a lower tone voice, and uh, Bill Housekeeper, who played Drayton in our film, has much, a much higher pitched voice, and it was you know kind of hard for him to get into those low tones you know yeah yeah especially you know uh interacting with the hitchhiker in there and mm-hmm. you little twit i wanted him to yeah. be like that you know and and but you know it's like you little twit he's kind of like not <laughs> register but yeah, yeah you know it's right that he still did a great job with it he still got the character i think i think that the vocal tones was the hardest thing because you know you you have the natural voice you have, and that's, right? Yeah, and you, you got to work with it. Your pitch, and some people can't. You know. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, real quick before we get out of here, two more things I wanted to ask you about, and and this is not necessarily Sawyer Massacre related, but this is a couple of your other projects, The Unseen, which I watched yesterday, which I absolutely loved, dude. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, did, I really. Did you get it? Half the people don't get it. It's a uh, very well, I... am- ambiguous. I, I liked say. how ambiguous it was. Like, you know, it, it to me, it almost felt like a really cool mix of like, it, it, it was the Black Christmas kind of atmosphere and the treatment of the the killer, but it was also like, it had elements of like, uh, like TCM and Halloween. Like, it had other, it had some of that claustrophobicness, but it also like the the, the choice to make it in black and white almost gave it kind of like a. Film that was we, we, really? we didn't film it in black and white. The, right. the editor actually just color graded it to to that. He I liked it. Took I, the I saturation it nice way choice. down or something. Yeah, it works. It definitely works. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's there's there's something there, and that that's actually what I plan on to be my next feature film is the feature length version of Unseen. Uh, because there's so much I just couldn't do in that short film, and like I said, most people don't get it uh, because it's 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 there's there's a theme with the killer in that movie. I don't know if you picked mm-hmm. up on it or not. There's a theme with the killer. There's a reason why to, he's attacked. I'll have to go back and watch it. You probably will. There's a reason why he thinks all these women are the same person. <laughs> anyway, I won't, I won't get too deep into the plot, but yeah. there's a reason why. And uh, it was it, it was easily missed, and I really wanted to dive into mental illness, I guess you could say, right. with that film, and uh, and the perspective of being you know shooting a lot of POVs is putting the viewer's audience in his mind basically yes. to see how easy mm-hmm. how easy it can be for somebody to go off the deep end, for any of us to go off the deep end, and and yeah. all of a sudden you know just like that we've we've snapped and. Right, every because everybody does have that dark side in them, mm-hmm. and I think we have to acknowledge that we all have that dark dark side in us. And I think that's it. Still, it does kind of capture that well. I think the the POVs really help with that. But uh, but I need a feature length version to really yeah. get yeah. my message across. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I'm really excited. And then last one I wanted to ask you about: follow your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, well and the listen I, turn. the main yeah it, it really was career. but i also kind of dig it though like i kind of dig that taking a stab at something new so what was the um what what was kind of your your inspiration for that film 
Um, my life story, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 very strange. Um, because I I made that film after I did first annual barbecue, mm-hmm. and I I guess you could say I thought that I failed with first annual barbecue, and I thought maybe I'm not a horror filmmaker. So I took this left turn. I you know I kind of had ideas in my head. It, it's not autobiographical really i mean a couple things that are in the movie did did actually happen in my life but uh, it's really not the same the same it's not really not autobiographical like yeah. i probably make it out right. to be sometimes but it's but it, i don't know i just uh i wanted to take a left turn and show that i could do something very different so that was a yeah um story wise it was it was good uh, a lot of people gave it gave the script praise uh, i think it you know unfortunately execution wise <laughs> it does suffer from a lot of technical flaws and which is why we've never officially released the movie i was gonna um, say because i was trying to find a place to watch it and i couldn't find it anywhere so. yeah I, I i have it on my i have it or sorry i have it on, on a hard drive somewhere okay uh actually i think i have it on my big hard drive right now and i i've been meaning to go back to it but uh you know that was my biggest lesson the biggest lesson i learned from that was have a professional audio guy <laughs> hire somebody who knows <coughs> excuse me hire somebody who does audio professionally for a living yeah. uh and that because you know i spent so much time in post-production trying to fix the sound and doing adr and still not yeah. and not knowing how to do adr properly and you know it was a it was a huge lesson learned basically because mm-hmm. it is a feature-length film it's it, it's actually a two-hour long film wow the, the cut is, I believe, an hour and 50 minutes, actually. We, it was over Very two cool. hours, and we cut it down. But, um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's kind of too bad because, you know, I spent a lot of money on that, on that movie. And, uh, I mean, not a lot of money. I mean, they say a lot of money, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's not that much money. Right. But, uh, it'll never be quite what it, uh, what it should be because, yeah. you know, the audio is just not, not up to par. That's eh, unfortunate, but maybe I'll still release it someday. Just because, why not? Why not show right. show yeah. how far you've come? I guess you could say. Yeah. But I and hope that pe- when people do see it, they 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 do see a good story. I guess that's yeah. all I can ask for right. is they could appreciate the story that that takes place, even with all the little flaws that are in it. Right. Some of the acting is, some of the acting is. You know, we had kids. Right, kids in the movie. So, yeah, uh, the adults did pretty good for the most part, though. So, I mean, I think overall, you know, for an indie film that was made for under ten grand Canadian, uh, yeah. we did okay. We, it, it's, it's not. I should just release it honestly because Why it's never going to be yeah. any better. Than, yeah, it's never going to be better. It's the first feature I ever did. So, yeah, yeah, no regrets well, on that. It's, it was a learning. I learned a lot. Learning That's is awesome. never a mistake. <laughs> Absolutely, man. 100% agree. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for this, man. This has been an absolute blast. And I'm well, thanks for having it, me on. It's hyped me up even more for the Sawyer Massacre. So, oh, um, I hope you guys like it, man. I, it's, it won't be for everybody, though. I'll say this I, if, if anybody's going into the Sawyer Massacre expecting a bloodbath, just uh, lots of gore, there's, there's a lot of kills, sure, but, uh, but lots of gore. You you might be disappointed. It is a it is a little bit more of a character focused movie. Uh, I like character that. movie, 
and uh yeah i, I wanted to do that i wanted to make the characters likable so you actually yeah. felt something for them when they 100%. died on screen you know 100 so, and i appreciate but, that you know um but i know lots of people are just they want to see texas chainsaw massacre for lots of blood and yeah guts right and stuff like that they want to see uh, somebody might be decapitated yeah. oh yeah Hey, well, who doesn't, right? <laughs> and, and and for anybody watching right now, or anybody watching after the fact, the uh, I and I'll, I'll I think I I want to say I put it in the description too. I'll have to go ahead and double check that um, after we sign off here. But the Indiegogo link is in the chat. It's in the description. I will also post in the comments. Please support Steve and his crew uh, in any way that you possibly can. Thank you so much for being on, man. Anything else you want to plug about the film? Uh, October twenty. 20- First, is that correct? October 21st is the official release date. And That's again, awesome. you can get an early screening now. You can, if you get that perk on the campaign, it's $30 Canadian, $20 ish US, $22. I don't know. I don't know the conversion. It changes all the time. Yeah. Um, you can watch the film today. And uh, so far, awesome. the the uh, feedback has been overwhelmingly positive i'm i have to say i'm i just can't believe how how much people actually really like the movie you know you put your art out there and never know if people are gonna like it but again won't be for everybody character driven film character driven film i like that i appreciate that jdad signed on man he said his weekend's booked he's watching the sawyer massacre then he's watching our live stream yeah um steve forgive me real quick i'm gonna give a selfless plug so lots going on this week tomorrow uh, we're revisiting Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which is going to be a dark evening. <laughs> That's, uh, that one's rough. Uh, and then Saturday, we are also doing our live watch along, continuing the road to Halloween ends with uh, Halloween 2018. So we're going to watch that live at 8 p.m. on Saturday night as well. So, And I guess I guess we might have to throw something in there if a new Halloween ends trailer drops. Who knows? So. No. I hope they might drop a new one for Halloween ends, man. I really do. I, I, I like that first te- uh, teaser, the teaser trailer they dropped. I really liked it. Uh, I like what I'm hearing about this this Corey character mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It's different. I, I think I think it's different. It's again, it's sounding more character driven. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It, yeah. It's sounding like it is. It doesn't mean it necessarily will be, but uh, I really hope that they you know go back to the roots and it's not just kill, right. kill, kill. Michael's everywhere. Michael's basically Jason Voorhees at this point. And uh, well, and they've even said that, like you know, uh, David Gordon Green has said, like if you're if you're walking into ends expecting, uh, you know, if you're expecting Michael to take out an entire team of first responders for the second time, like that's it's not going to happen. So I have my fingers crossed. Don't do. Don't repeat yourself. (laughs) My my hope is that my hope is that at the end of ends, everybody goes, oh okay like it was different i didn't expect that but i liked it it was a good ending it worked for this story it's a solid ending for laurie strode which is what we did not get with uh sally hardesty i'm just saying <laughs> just saying yeah you're, you're you're not incorrect <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> so steve thank you so much buddy uh be sure we'll um just after we end end the, the actual live stream stay on and we'll we'll say our goodbye there um sure, guys sure, if no you problem. are in the chat thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight uh, new episodes of our shows premiere every single Tuesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at We Talk the Movies. Uh, Steve, what are your uh, social media accounts, by the way? Your, your oh, social um, media handles. Chainsaw, on, Chainsaw Sawyer on Instagram. Uh, Massacre Sawyer on Twitter. Uh, the Sawyer Massacre on Facebook, both the group and the page. Uh, I'm on TikTok as well. I can't remember my. I, I hardly ever use TikTok, but I'm yeah, on there. Man. I'm on the Slasher app, uh, 
the sorry under the Sawyer massacre, I believe we got all kinds of social media. We're everywhere. Sweet, <laughs> we're everywhere. sweet deal, man. Go check them out. Yeah, we're on TikTok too, but I think we have like two things posted on like, <laughs> and they're from like a year ago. Like we, yeah, we don't ever use TikTok, but I, I guess got like you, eight uh... posts on there, but I only got like yeah. two hundred followers or something like that. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know how to use TikTok very well. Yeah, I'm. That's that's outside of my expertise. So Miguel's in charge of our TikTok. As you can see, it's not at least you have it. (laughs) Yeah, at least we have it. You can check that box. So uh guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.